0: Are you a kingdom-minded real estate investor? Do you see real estate as an incredible vehicle to advance the flourishing of the kingdom and mission of Christ? If so, we welcome you to the Kingdom Real Estate Investors podcast, the podcast to spotlight and share the stories of real estate investors just like you who are advancing the kingdom of God and using real estate as the vehicle. Let's get into the show. Kingdom Real Estate Investors, if you have not gone to oneconnectionaway.com, then you don't know that we have been promoting and just finished a live 90-minute webinar where I shared the exact strategies and secrets that have helped me go from college pastor to full-time real estate investor and purchase more than $100 million of multifamily real estate. But not only me, I also shared the secrets and strategies of those inside of our Kingdom REI Mastermind that have helped them become CEOs to attain financial freedom, to actually leverage a business for kingdom advancement We've gotten incredible, incredible reviews, and so we're going to do an encore coming up very soon that I want to invite you to attend. If you have not already attended this, go to OneConnectionAway.com. That's OneConnectionAway.com to grab your seat for our next live webinar so that you can learn exactly what we have to quit your job and begin to live life on your own terms through commercial real estate. OneConnectionAway.com. Let's get into the episode. Hey everyone welcome to the kingdom real estate investor podcast the show for christian real estate investors and entrepreneurs really looking and to use their business their investments their portfolio for the advancement of the kingdom and i uh, got a great guest on today mr alex olson who's going to be uh speaking with us 1031 expert and just an awesome story so excited to have him on but first my co-host cameron what's up man
1: hey brother just uh... cameron
0: looking jamaican is that where you just got back from yeah Jamaica? i was
1: in I appreciate that. That means I'm a little darker. I was in Jamaica for a week with the fam. It was a great time. The rum was nice. The sun was shining. The family was lovely. It was great.
0: They don't serve bourbon over there. Rum, huh?
1: Rum. And if you want bourbon, it's like Jack Daniels, which what even is that?
2: <laughs> I don't
1: think it's
0: bourbon. No, 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 no. Well, welcome back, man. I'm glad you could get here for the show. I'm grateful to have you. Well, while you were yeah. gone, Cameron, uh, a lot's happening, man. The, uh, you know, this is a this is a a real estate show in its essence. I thought you know it'd be interesting to kind of get y'all's take real quick. Today's June 16th or June 15th. Fed just came out with 75 basis point increase. Yep, it's pretty wild, right? We're we're in interesting times. So I was just sharing with our mastermind this week of and you weren't there, Cameron, because you were somewhere on the beach, but you know and i'd love to hear how this is impacting you guys just as believers and as real estate investors because i do think people this is like people are hurting right and i mean especially real estate investors they wanted to sell or thought they were going to be able to sell and now maybe can or going to take a lot less you got people whose you know dreams of owning a home are getting crushed and you know this the stock market's tanking i just love you know what i told let me finish that thought our community is, guys We are the aroma of Christ, and we, you know, this is an incredible season, opportunity for us personally to trust and have faith, but also to give and share that to others. Um, But I just love to know, kind of, what you know. I don't know any any thoughts from you guys as as you look at this market and how this is hitting you or how this is impacting people inside of your your circle of influence.
1: Oh, dude, big time. I mean, I was on the plane home yesterday, and when we landed in Dallas, the first thing I saw in an email was just like an. You know, a campaign email that the feds are meeting tomorrow at lunch. It's like, oh boy, here we go. What's going to happen? And I saw just a second ago before we hopped on here, they hopped it up another 75 basis points, and the buying power is so shot. I mean, it is costing people so much more to buy a house. It's it's ru- it's pushing first time home buyers into renting or Airbnb, which we're seeing a lot of. It just kind of supports more of my desire to own more real estate and control it. But it is really sad. People are hurting, inflation is expensive. And then if you were a first time home buyer in the past, I don't know, year or two years of your life, you're like, okay, we're gonna rent and we're gonna save up. Well, it doesn't matter how much you save because your monthly expenses just shot up significantly with these rate hikes Oh, since March. I mean, March now, has drastically changed the buying power. And I hate that because I love people buying real estate. I honestly don't know how to feel about it. What can you do? Go in there and knock on the Fed's door and say, <laughs> you guys get these things lower. We're ready to buy. I mean, what can you do?
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, from my perspective, as my primary role is a broker, right? A real estate broker. And from my perspective, I'm in the commercial world and the way I look, I try to have a positive spin on it, not necessarily, hey, how can this be a positive spin? But, you know, hey, look, rates are going to go up, rates are going to go down over time, temporarily, maybe forever, right? We don't know what's going to happen next year, maybe rates keep going up. I don't know. We don't know until we know. And the best thing I can say is, you know, know what's going on out there. But then also really take a look at how it impacts you and what you wanna do and continue on your path. So if you need to uh, make different decisions based on what's coming out of this, we don't really know what the impact is on mortgage rates. I mean, we know we typically see them go higher, but keep doing what you're doing. Maybe now, like we just said, maybe now is the time to accelerate before it continues to go up. Maybe now is the time to decelerate. I can't help you necessarily make that decision but looking at rates, where they're at now, making sure that what you're doing actually pencils for you is going to be key. Don't go out there and overextend yourself in a market like this because you don't know how that's going to impact you in the future just because you want something so bad. So take that little bit extra time or if you're very confident in what you're doing, but you've got a great deal in front of you, jump into it now before, you know, here in July and, and rates go up again. So that's the only thing I can say about it right now.
1: I heard something real good the other day too, real quick, Ellis. I I thought it was very interesting because a lot of people right now, especially with buying power as it weakens and weakens, they don't like Alex was just saying like, well, maybe the time is not to buy now. Maybe I thought it was three months ago. Now I'm pumping the brakes. You know, I heard an interesting perspective and whether this is true or not, time will tell, but there's a lot of thought that as interest rates go up, prices will come down. Um, It's kind of just economics. Well, I heard a guy speak pretty in depth and convincingly so that, Prices are not coming down. They may not go up as rapidly and they will certainly stall in some uh, tertiary markets. But your big major metros, especially places like I live in Dallas, where people were just flocking to and moving to like crazy, you're not going to see these rate hikes just plummet the prices of these properties. They're not going to. And so his case was, if you're going to buy a house, buy it now, because the next five years, your pricing is not going to come down. And he said, if you buy it, great um and and interest rates come down refi great awesome they keep going up well you got the lowest rate you could at the time you bought but he was very convinced that these rate hikes are not going to really influence the price of houses they'll influence them from skyrocketing but coming down is not likely and i don't know i mean i hope and the one thing
0: i would caveat that is i i agree i agree with the, his principle my my thought i am seeing this and that what people thought are being quoted that they were going to get six months ago or even four months ago, they're not being able to demand those prices. So you could argue prices haven't gone down per se, but they're not, they have gone down from the expectation three months ago. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I do think there's a discount on pricing probably across all asset prices based on what you thought you were going to be paying this year. So I think that's, that, that is a good, good route. And I appreciate you guys input on that. Uh, Cause I know there's a lot of people here that are investors that are trying to buy homes that are trying to buy investments and. And so that's that's that, that's good perspective from you both. So thank you, guys. Well, hey, guys, I want to uh, get Alex introduced here. Uh, he is a buddy and he lives in Kansas City, which is a market that we love and, and invested in and uh, well-connected to other guests we've had on this show. Logan Freeman, for example, uh, is, is one of those guys that come to mind. And so Alex and I have kind of swim in a lot of circles together and looking forward to getting to know your story. He is really an expert in the subject of 1031 Exchange, uh, highly sought after in this arena of business and helped a ton of clients in this regard. So we're going to talk a little, bit about that, a little bit about that today and his journey and his business. So Alex, welcome to the show, man.
2: Hey, thanks, man. I love being on here.
0: Here's what I want to do. I want to ask Cameron just to pray for us before we kick off and then we're going to jump into your story, man. Sounds great.
1: Yeah. All right. Lord, thanks for today. I thanks for I Thank you for an opportunity to meet and hang out with Alex and just get to know him a little bit better and how he's using the gifts and talents his, talents that you've given him to Stuart um, to help people out and um, pray that we would just have a conversation that glorifies you and learn a little bit. and Whoever's listening would be able to take a lot, away a lot of value from this conversation. we love you and I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.
0: Amen. So let's talk about, man, these last couple of years because I mean, you yeah, know, I've seen you guys grow and do a lot of cool things. I mean, walk, walk me through just your journey, man, and business and, uh, and, and maybe even how faith has come been a part of that these last couple of years. Uh, as I just seen, I've seen a ton from you guys would love to hear.
2: Yeah, and you speak about faith being a big part of that. I look towards, uh, actually, it was a little over two years ago. I actually had my license, my commercial real estate license, or I guess just my regular license, and I was working with Logan Freeman, And um, but it was my part-time job. But my goal always was for this stuff to be full-time. And really, then, what happened was I lost my job right during the heart of the pandemic, or at least the, the big up. Big downswing, but the, you know, as cases were going crazy, no one knew it was going to happen. It was May of 2020. And my wife was very, you know, spiritual as well, was uh, deep in prayer a lot. And I was too, but I also had that confidence that, hey, look, this real estate journey is going to be for me. I'm going to be in a much better um, industry, or at least an industry that I feel is much, much better. And that is real estate versus where I was at in the past. Uh, and what it really allowed me to do is accelerate my journey with Logan. And so we went 100%, um, you know, pedal to the metal with working with buyers. And Logan Freeman had, had already developed this niche with working with 1031 exchange buyers. And, you know, I kind of just watched what he was doing and said, okay, whatever you're doing, I'm doing it. I understand it. I like the tax deferring strategies that 1031 allows you to do. No one really exclusively works with buyers like he was doing and like I was doing really at that time. And so with that, you know, we were both the same brokerage. And as time went on, we felt an even stronger connection to that. And we went ahead and started our own brokerage um, here earlier this year. And we haven't really done any true listings. Our focus is on working with buyers that are coming into the Kansas City market you know, oftentimes experiencing a 1031 exchange and really just providing that white glove service to them, you know, versus a typical broker, uh, which may, you know, focus on sellers, which is totally fine. But, you know, our focus is on helping people understand this market, provide lenders, provide property managers, provide them the knowledge of what markets to, sub markets to invest in, what sub markets to avoid. And, you know, Logan shared that same passion I had and here we are now. And, and uh, you know, it's been a blast just getting to where we are and really producing some good results for uh, people in the multifamily space.
0: Yeah. So I love that too, man. I kind of hear in there like a story of a niche and you guys really honing in to like, this is who we're going to serve and this is who we're going to serve really well and kind of do that better than anybody else in the market, which has been a lot of the reason for you guys to be able to grow. I mean, do you have much competition in
2: that regard? there's not a lot here in Kansas City. There might be in other markets. I don't, I'm not licensed in other markets. I don't think there are based on the people I've talked to, Uh, you know, and and every investor, every broker, excuse me, really does work with buyers, especially on the bigger stuff. It's okay. I've got the listing and now I've got to convince the buyers to come here and and work with my sellers. Uh, And that's a great strategy too. But yeah, we felt that as we continue to grow this word of mouth and through our marketing efforts, you know, it's really a, a lot different that experience than you'll get with a traditional listing broker that, you know, has maybe a $10 million, $5 million property. But their fiduciary responsibility is to the seller, whereas ours is to you, the buyer. So the feeling should be, and we think it is, a lot different than if the buyer is is only working with a, an agent that's on the listing side.
0: Yeah. Where, you said this was your second, what were you doing before uh, you got into this?
2: Yeah. So for 15 years, I worked in consumer finance in small dollar lending. So high interest rate products for people that have very bad credit. It wasn't a, a it's not the world's worst product, but what it is is a product that, that for people that doesn't have bad credit and people that don't have bad credit, as we all know, have to pay a higher interest rate. I was in that for 15 years, provided a lot for me and my family, but I always had this passion for something else. I mean, like all of us, right? We're entrepreneurs and want to do something different, either on our own or or something that's more magical, I guess, feeling. After 15 years of that, I was blessed with being fired and that kicked me into high gear into real estate. So that was pretty awesome.
0: Alex, let me ask you this, man, I think this is relevant right now. And, and I say this maybe prophetically. I think there's going to be a lot of folks these next few years who are going to be not I don't want to say starting over but maybe starting something new and that could be because their current entrepreneurial journey is getting crushed or maybe like you just said they're you know they're realizing their their jobs never going to take them somewhere or maybe that company ends talk to me about what it was like to start over man how you got yourself motivated to go and you know learn something new and and you know 15 years, imagine you had a lot of track record there and then kind of jumping into something brand new. Walk us through that journey more mentally, mindset wise, (laughs) and what that took.
2: So, I say this, and it takes a little bit while to digest it, but I was literally looking for a new job for 15 years. Now, it's not mean that I was out there just, you know, putting my resume out, but I always was looking for something more. So, I always had all these side hustles when I was at this job. And I kept getting promoted at the job. You know, I worked hard just like I do now and, you know, uh, could rel- catch on to things relatively quickly. And so that would kind of sidetrack me from my side hustles. You know, I actually uh, built a, a movie website that was a social network for movies, uh, for movie lovers. I, I did some other side jobs. And each time it was always like, man, maybe this is going to be the one. Maybe I'm finally going to be able to quit my, my day job because I'm able to replace my income you know, from this side job, you know, reading some Dave Ramsey stuff, it's always like, you know, work both these jobs, pay off your debt. And I was doing a lot of that kind of thing. And, but then there'd always be a promotion that would pull me back in, you know, where I'd make more money, more responsibility. And that would happen over and over. And that, or I'd get a really good uh, supervisor, really good boss. Right. And I had some really good bosses through that time too, that were, um, you know, really great at, promoting and really great at helping with education and, and just getting the best they could out of me. And then when you, when I finally fell into real estate, which is actually when I built my dream house, sounds a little weird, but you really kind of understand when you're building a house from scratch, all the details of home building, you got financing, construction loans, interest only payments, interest, where the taxes are, where the taxes are going, you know all those kinds of things in real estate that we uh, as investors already know now and take for granted almost at this point. Um, I was learning all those things as I built the house. And then as we closed on it, we realized we had developed a heck of a lot more equity in that home than what it cost us to build. So we were able to take out a, loan, a line of credit on it and then use that line of credit to buy uh, three or four investment properties here in Kansas city uh, that were in great locations. That was my core requirement at the time was great location. So I actually met people here at Clemens, which was my first brokerage I worked for when I was buying those properties and really liked their work ethic and attitude towards, you know, the marketplace. It was completely different than a single family home, you know, agent, great people. Um, but, you know, the feeling was different, but I also felt even during that time, it was like, man, there's got to be something more that people can help investors, you know, newer investors or any investor on the buy side. Uh, And lo and behold, you know, then I got my license. I met a mentor and the the mentor I had, you know, I kept telling him, hey, look, the reason why I'm buying all these properties, I've got to get out of my W-2 job. And he said, you know, the best way for you to get out of your W-2 job is to go get your real estate license. And that kind of hit me that that could actually be a career for me. And, but, you know, the, there's a big risk, right? You don't have insurance, you don't have this, you don't, you know, no salary. And so we had planned that out that I was gonna, I was going to quit my job anyway within 2020. This is way before the pandemic hit. And, but then there was, uh, you know, the back of your mind where you're going, I'm probably never gonna quit. I'll probably get another promotion or another whatever. My wife's probably not gonna be super excited. I just up and quit right? No matter how much money we have saved up, And then, you know, I got a call from my boss who was not a very good boss. And he said he wanted to talk to me about a great new project. And when I hopped on the phone, there was my boss and the HR person. And I was like, wow, I don't think this is to talk about a project. And sure, you know, sure enough, it was not. It was that they were cutting ties with me and appreciated all my hard work. And, and, uh, you know, here's a few months of severance, even though I worked there for 15 years. I mean, all that stuff you get, you kind of have these negative feeling towards it was difficult in the moment, but is also very exciting for me. I was finally cut loose. You know, it's like a balloon attached to a string where the balloon just wants to keep going up and up and up, but there's always something holding on to it. Well, finally somebody cut my, uh, my string and allowed me to get loose.
1: Dang, man. I, uh, Literally, as you're sitting there saying that, I'm just reflecting my own story. I quit my job early 2020, like a few weeks before the pandemic was a big thing. And I was scared. I didn't get fired. I mean, I made an effort to stay at the company. Just wasn't a good fit for me at that time. But I remember when I walked out that door and knew I, I couldn't come back. I didn't have a badge anymore. It was the craziest feeling of like liberation, motivation, realization I've ever had. And I was like, man, like that is something you have to just walk into or embrace whenever it comes. Cause it was kind of the mm-hmm. fuel that lit, lit me in gear to, you know, pursue this real estate game as well. But um, it's funny. Everybody's like, are you scared? Are you scared. It's like, yeah, but I, like, I'm smiling as I'm scared because <laughs> there's something else inside of me that's stoked about this. Right. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're, you said it exactly right. You got all those different feelings and then you're smiling when some people think you should be frowning, but that's not the way it works. I right? look at the opportunity and hit it hard right
0: amen yeah well no that's powerful man it sounds like you were you know and that's interesting right i mean in the lord kind of works kind of knows all of us some of us are able to cut that string or kind of go out and you know by the lord's providence you you had someone do that for you uh but i do think there was something in there like you got you were prepping you were you know you guys had that plan, you know, you and your wife were on the same page, which I think is really important, right? And understanding that. And so was there anything you were reading, man? I mean, or anything you were kind of meditating or or even kind of just taking in during that season that you think kind of made you more ready?
2: Well, you know, I I have been reading a lot of real estate books up and through that. And there's a lot of people that have had good success doing that. I don't even remember some at the time that shortly beforehand, and I always go back to this one, but it's Sam Zell's book about Am I Being Too Subtle?
0: Yeah, great. Book. Uh,
2: which, you know, super inspiring. My wife, who's actually a grief counselor, obviously, the start of the pandemic was very uh, crazy, right? All All aspects of craziness going on all over the place, all the unknowns. And so she had a lot of of uh, clients, mental health clients that were, you know, lost their jobs or didn't know how they were going to get out of the house because they had, you know, severe anxiety about the world. And so just even speaking with her, some of those things kind of prepared me because we would reflect on, you know, where are things in the world? And we, you know, agreed we couldn't predict on those things and whatever happens going to happen. There's, you know, there's a reason for everything, Uh, you know, in the faith-based world, of course, we believe heavily in that at least I do, Um, you know, where there's a reason for why these things happen to us. There's a bigger plan or a smaller plan doesn't really matter. It's the plan that really those reflections with her even because, you know, we're shut down. Right. I mean, um, I don't remember if we were shut down. I think we were pretty well shut down even here in Kansas City with bars and restaurants at that time. You know, so I wasn't going to the office. Uh, I'm always kind of an office guy. And, you know, so you're looking there, you're sitting there, you're by yourself for, weeks at a time, I and mean, sure, yeah, we go out and have a good time, but you, there's a lot, like you talked about, there's a lot of reflecting time, or at least I had a lot of reflecting time, but I was also doing a lot, because remember, I had my license, and so I was doing a lot of that, like, you know, real estate broker work with Logan, really, and he was buying a lot of apartment buildings at this time as well, and so we were bouncing ideas off on, hey, now's the time to buy, right, because we're seeing all this craziness in the market, rates drop down to zero, Buy now, you know, because rates are going to go up someday. And I mean, I I wasn't buying, but, you know, he was. And so, you know, my focus wasn't even on my job. It was on a lot of, you know, keep going, keep doing what I'm doing, you know, make sure that the real estate stuff is going. Maybe that'll be my fallback. Um, This other job, you know, I never thought I'd get fired. You know, I was there for 15 years, very trusted employee, uh, knew where all the bodies were buried, so to speak. So it was one of those things where, you reflect on what's going on. And I just always was pushing toward, I had to push my mind towards something positive, like a lot of us did, I think, during that time. And my positive push in my mind was the full-time real estate job. And so that was what really, another thing that propelled me into happiness, so to speak.
0: No, that's excellent, man. I'm glad we had that conversation. I just think that's gonna be helpful for someone to, either listen to now or go back and listen to. So uh, I appreciate you kind of sharing, sharing some of those details.
1: What the, of I'm just real curious too. like think about for me and I know Ellis and plenty of other people in our community too. When was it for you in that span, I guess over the past two years, probably that you really felt you had enough momentum to convince yourself to stay on that path. Cause I'm, you know, I'm sure as you know, as you've done, you've, You've wandered down an unfamiliar path, hoping that you'd find the other side or success or momentum along the way. And every day when there's no momentum, you just scratch your head and wonder, how much longer can I endure no momentum? If that may mean I have no money, I can't support the house, or this is just killing me, or I'm so lost, I need to go back and pay for a coach. What was it for you that you felt like, okay, I can make this work? Things are adding up now. I'm, I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here. Um, and I'm going to keep pressing forward.
2: I think yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. So when I realized or felt that at least I was going to be good enough to continue uh, doing what I was doing was, I mean, I honestly, I was talking to Logan a lot, right? Cause he was right there. He was in the same brokerage. You know, he had a lot of experience. He's got a great way of talking to people. You know, he'd been in sales for a very long time. This is my first real sales job of where I have to actually sell things. I mean, I don't really sell real estate. I sell numbers, but um, where I'm like commission only. And so, yes, there's a lot of failures in there, right? You think you've got deals. You think you've got buyers. You think you've got sellers. Things fall apart. Pandemic hit a lot of those people different ways, right? Like I'm never selling because, you know, this world's going crazy or I'm selling tomorrow because this world's going crazy. So you had both sides of it um and then you become you know thankfully again my wife's a therapist you become a therapist with a lot of your clients or potential clients right is you know because they'll ask you opinions or maybe they won't but you're just there to say yeah no I know I know yep hell it's terrible or oh yeah it's great you know so you have to be supportive of who you're talking to uh, which I think is really important even even not even clients but just people in general Uh, as I've learned more and more exceptionally here in the last couple of years. But to get back to your, to your question, where I knew I was there was really at the end of 2020. So fast forward seven months later, uh, Logan and I continued to build a relationship, continued to do a couple deals, but we had a deal with a great client who had never, ever, ever invested in real estate before, but they were doing a 1031 exchange. And that sounds very strange, right, because 1031 exchange means you're selling an investment property and reinvesting those funds into another investment property. But they had uh, purchased a house a long time ago, lived in as a primary residence 10, 15 years ago, paid it all off, rented it out for five years or six years. Now they had a giant you know, property there in, in the, in the uh, Bay Area that was worth a million bucks or whatever, sold it. They had all this money that they didn't know what to do with. I mean, they wanted to invest it. They chose Logan and myself to find something for them in Kansas City at their purchase price and their needs. And we were able to do that and close that out end of 2020, really into 2021. And it was, you know, you're, you're talking about a first time investor that has all these questions that, you know, just like any of us would have been right as a first time investor. And we were able to make them feel comfortable enough to put 4 million bucks into Kansas City uh, on a, on a, you know, a series of fourplexes. And now those same fourplexes are worth, you know, probably 30 or $50,000 more per unit. Uh, you know, here we are two years later. So that was like, okay, I can do this. You know, if I only do that a couple times a year, that's great. And uh, so I felt really good about that success.
1: Amen. Big success, brother. Congratulations to you on um, that. And I'm sure all the success you've had since then, but I love that for you, man.
0: Hey, Alex, have you told any of these stories on any other podcast shows before?
2: Maybe bits and pieces of them, but not as many, not as in detail.
0: That's because we're here to feed people's (laughs) souls, man. We're not just here to talk about real estate. We're here to feed people's souls, baby. My
2: soul. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it. That's right.
0: But also I'm here to help people excel in real estate and business as well, and so I do want to talk about ten thirty one, man, and your expertise there. And I I don't know if we necessarily need to define ten thirty one, but but maybe give a quick overview. But also, let's talk about that. I and mean, what, what do those conversations look like with your typical client? And and I mean, clearly we know the ten thirty one is a vehicle where we can sell a property and exchange it into like kind asset. You know, typically a real estate deal to another real estate deal in most cases, but I mean beyond that Alex how are you you know what how why is a 1031 vehicle beneficial and how are you really using it to serve your clients
2: Yeah so a lot of clients are you know that we have are going to be somebody who's looking they've got a duplex fourplex 12plex something like that maybe had it for 5 10 years in another market in a maybe a higher price market LA San Diego New York Dallas Denver something like that and they're like hey look I've heard great things about Kansas city. I'm considering Kansas city, Columbus and Indianapolis, right? From there, then it's about what, it's honestly a lot about what do you like about the city? Uh, And then I can help come in and say, look, here's an entire package of where our our education package, which shows people where areas to avoid areas to invest in. But when you get down to the 1031 exchange, you know, you could sell your like I gave the example before a million dollar property in the Bay Area that you owe nothing on. So it's a million bucks in That's basically you'd have to pay capital gains on and exchange that into Kansas City for four million bucks and get 32 uh, townhouses that are side by side, all with garages that have no or very low owner expenses and you're cash flowing. A tremendous amount compared to the $2,000 a month or whatever it was you're getting on your million dollar property. So that's a lot of the power allows you to upgrade. It's like a free upgrade in your real estate journey, especially for the smaller stuff. I mean, the bigger stuff I get too, but most of my clients in the one to $1 to $10 million range where they've got a million or $2 in equity that they want to come into a, maybe a better cash flowing market, and say, hey, look, I wanna put this two million bucks in here. I wanna buy something from five or seven million dollars that I'm there for, or they're then gonna cash flow uh, you know five to 10 times what I was doing, and I'm not paying anything out of pocket for that. It's all tax deferred. And you know, my my advantages is, is I get to start over in a new market or continue in a new market. We also have a lot of, you know, just Kansas City investors that are reinvesting here as well.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I, you know, I, being in California and investing in Kansas City, I can, I can assure you, <laughs> uh, there's, there's a good, the good exchange here. What what do you find? I'm just curious from a kind of market standpoint, what, what are you seeing? I mean, do you see a lot of West, like, why would someone sell the prime real estate in LA, San Diego, even other parts on the East Coast, and then come into a market like Kansas City?
2: Great question. And there's a lot of different answers. The most common answers, or the most common reasons are diversifying into a cash- flowing market. So people yeah, I love the, love the appreciation. It's great. It produces wealth, but I'm not getting anything in my bank every single month. Really, it's changing my life. That's one. Two, stability. The Midwest is, is pretty, very stable right? There's not a ton of economic influence on the market, good or bad. So it comes up, comes down. Uh, Kansas City's kind of steady Eddie. It also has really good tenant or sorry, really good landlord friendly laws, right? So you don't have rent control. You don't have all the rules and regulations that you might have in other markets. So, you know, day one, assuming their lease is expired and you provide proper notice, you can take a a tenant's rents and put them at market rate. So your property that you're buying maybe at a five cap, you take over. If you're that type of person, you can go ahead and turn around and put those at market rate, or you can let them expire and rehab them on your own time, but you can always put them at market rate whenever you feel like. Uh, We also have low taxes. So the tax burden for people, property tax-wise, is substantially lower than other places. It's a lot of times, even you know, talk about L.A. and I just had a conversation with a guy from the Bay Area, which I know is north of you, Uga- well, north of San Diego, um, where he was talking about how his property that he was looking to buy in L.A. He was looking to buy a duplex, and he couldn't find anything. And then he was shocked to find out that you know taxes are so much lower here than he could even understand. Um, and he almost didn't believe me. So I had to send him a bunch of examples on, you know, past deals we've done. Uh, so that is a, a hurdle, though, that people go, oh, I don't understand. I mean, how are taxes so low? And, you know, the, the the short answer is I have no idea, but they are. The long answer is you can call the county assessor's office and have a conversation with them. Uh, but, you know, I mean, income's a lot lower here, all those kind of other pieces to it. But we also have a really, really, really strong rent to income ratio. Matter of fact, it's too strong, meaning that the rents are way too low compared to the income that people make. And so there is, in theory, a lot of room for rent growth and there's a lot of prediction for that in cities here in the Midwest where rents will go up pretty substantially in the coming years because, you know, of course, affordable housing and everything, but other areas are more expensive. And here you're making a good chunk of salary but your rents are low. Um, so that's an advantage for renters and even an advantage for landlords because there is room to push rents. And, and maybe even in a better better scenario is, is that even if someone maybe loses their job for a while, they may have a nest egg. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's also another advantage is that they won't be put out so bad if they do lose a job or, or switch jobs or whatever. So there's kind of all your traditional like old school uh, investment thesis here in Kansas City of great landlord laws, uh, great in- income to rent ratio, low taxes, you know economic stability. We're not an expert in any market. We're not an expert in tech. We're not an expert in you know you name it. But we have everything. We have tech, hospitals, healthcare, agriculture. Um, you know a lot of blue collar workers side of the country, so we get a lot of the the Amazon pit stops come here and then, you know, and then spread all the the goods across the country. So it's just right in the middle of the country that has maybe an attractive nature for really diversifying your portfolio or even for first time investors, very hard to to lose money here. You know, especially if you're working with a decent broker.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan. I mean, uh, for all those listening, we own, uh, two pretty large assets in Kansas city market because of those reasons. And they got my man, Patrick Mahomes, who is (laughs) just torching folks, man. Hey,
1: that's my dude.
0: He's got a big future ahead of him. So, uh, all that to say, are you a a Texas tech guy? you a Raider.
1: I'm a red Raider. I was a Raider. I was there while Pat was there for a little bit.
0: Oh, wow. Nice. Oh yeah. He's a Raider. Uh, (laughs) well, Alex, before we get out of here today, man, I think this has been an incredible conversation. Getting to hear your story, your heart behind what you do. We've talked about, you know, your shift from, you know, being some tied to something for 15 years and starting over with something new, kind of your expertise in 1031 and the benefit of that for investors. I mean, clearly good people want to work with good people, man. So you know, if, if folks are considering this, or maybe they're they're gonna consider this in the future. Uh, give us a little, you know, a little, little something, uh, on folks, you know, where can they go? How can they keep in touch with you? What does this look like to work with you? Uh, all of those things, man.
2: Yeah. So we have actually developed a members only, I kind of changed the name a little bit. It's more of a members only off market marketplace, um, where we have direct to seller deals. So you can go to my website, exchange, uh, email me at Alex at hit me up on linkedin those are the great places to contact me even if you're not using me for investment here in Kansas City we have a lot of resources that we developed just for first time investors or second time investors that want to get a 1031 exchange because similar to how you guys believe we just believe in you know helping people that we can and uh, what goes around comes around so at some point we think that people will invest where we are and we may be in other states someday so
0: Hey, talk about the marketplace real quick. Explain what that yeah. looks
2: like. So it's an off-market marketplace okay. uh, for members only. What that means is you just go to my website, you click on marketplace, you sign up, you'll have a quick call with me. I'll approve you as a member. Then you get access to our, our marketplace, which has probably more deals than LoopNet in Kansas City right now. Um, and those are all direct to sell and you get all the access to it. So you can see the income, the expenses, you know, photos, your standard kind of deal file package with a whisper price on there. And we're still representing you as a buyer because these aren't listings. We haven't promised the seller we're going to go out and sell this for them. What we promise the seller is we're going to bring you good real estate investors to come and and buy this at your price if you're reasonable. And then we tell the the buyers the same thing, our our buyer network, the same thing. We also have a weekly deal flow email that we send out that covers some details of our deals on our marketplace, uh, market commentary about Kansas City, even some national market commentary on there. I actually have a weekly video where I uh, highlight everything that's on market in the Kansas City market. It's on my YouTube channel. So, yeah, we're really trying to just be the experts out there in, in the Kansas City market, our multifamily. And, you know, we'll take care of it. It's a white glove service. When you come in, you sign up, become a member. We start communicating with you right away, conversation, understand what you need, uh, keep that going back and forth. We have a five step process of understanding what you need, delivering what you need, uh, delivering your team here and closing out your deal. So it's pretty robust uh, and intense, but it's what we really like doing. So,
0: Awesome, man. Well, dude, I appreciate you stopping by today, man, giving our audience some love and, uh, and and looking forward to hanging out with you guys in Kansas City next time we're in town. Oh, man, I'd love to. All right, brother. We'll talk soon. Okay, thank you. Guys, if you enjoyed this show, make sure you leave us some love as well. Share this on uh, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, wherever you do social media. Give Alex, give Cameron, give myself a shout out. We'll see you guys next week. Cheers.